At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And what is going on, fine citizens? Welcome in to the Manic Monday edition, the final Manic Monday edition uh, after a actual football game until the fall. It's kind of, it's kind of sad, but uh, there's so much to get to. And I, first off, I apologize for my voice being a little hoarse. Of course, I'm in Vegas, and probably one of the finest, if not the finest Vegas trip I've ever been on. Had a chance to just experience all that Super Bowl weekend is on top of a group of guys I've worked with for years, picking up the check and celebrating the, the winning of the Westgate Handicapping Contest is the Super Bowl of picking, you know, football games. And on top of that, Got to be here with so many of my great friends that some of them I've seen in a long time. And on top of that, Matthew freaking Stafford is a Super Bowl champion. And yeah, he wasn't the MVP. We talked about it all week long. And I didn't think there was a lot of value there anyway, but the Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald were my two picks. And we'll get into all, not to, to, you know, pat myself on the back or anything. We'll get into all the great things that I picked and the things I've been telling you all football season, how we're going to tackle next football season in just a bit. But I just want to start with the story as we, we welcome you into the show for today. Um, After the Los Angeles Rams led by first year quarterback for them, Matthew Stafford, who was 0-3 in the playoffs, goes 4-0, wins the Super Bowl, has that incredible drive late in the fourth quarter uh, that, that sealed the deal and, all the different penalties in the goal line, finally getting the ball uh, to Cooper Cup. And I'll just say this. It's a privilege to work in the business that I'm in. Obviously, doing these kind of shows, the different teams that I've covered in Detroit for years, working at 97 with a ticket, doing play-by-play, all the different things I've been so lucky and honored to be able to do in my career. But I thought about this. Uh, I was actually, I went outside to get some fresh air after the game was over. We watched the we had a big party at the Westgate, which is the center of the universe for Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, there were people waiting in line to start making bets at like six, six in the morning, Vegas time. Um, but we were there celebrating and partying at this great banquet hall with huge TVs and great food and just an, an amazing night. And I went outside after the game was over and I, I thought about this to myself. I said, I remember going back, and I've talked about my personal story many times, and I continue to do that to inspire others. And also, you know, I do it for myself as well, because it's nice for me to be able to share that. And it keeps me cognizant of why I am 11 years sober. But I was getting my act together when Matt Stafford was a rookie and, and, you know, starting his career. And I was working as a waiter in a restaurant called J. Alexander's. I believe I've told that part of the story before. But I don't think I've told this part of the story on this particular uh, show the Detroit City cast. And this was right around the time that I had gotten sober, but I wasn't fully back involved in broadcasting. I had always had my feet in it and, and my hands in it, even when I wasn't full time in it. 
but I, I had not gotten fully back and I had been talking and been thinking about, you know, getting a chance to possibly work at 97 with the ticket, which was a huge deal for me after kind of taking a little time off to take care of myself and make sure I can move forward and, and have a long and fruitful career, which has always been the dream for me. And I worked at, at J. Alexander's, great restaurant, great food. And, you know, Matt Stafford and Kelly, at that time they were just dating, um, they came in a lot and I waited on them a lot. It was, uh, it was funny because Kelly would always get the grilled chicken salad, which I know a lot of my uh, friends love. And Matt would, uh, not every single time, but often get the salmon. I know that we had the chicken, uh, rotisserie chicken he got as well. And I just remember this was late. I want to say it was over the summer. You know, the early part of this summer, right before training camp was starting. And I was waiting on him one night, and towards the end of the meal, I, I said, you know, it's great to see you guys again, because they were coming a lot. And I didn't, I didn't always wait on them. It wasn't like they requested me, but I just ended up getting them a lot. I think I probably waited on them six times, seven times, something like that. And I said, man, I'm going to, you know, I, I kind of let him, I would let him know every once in a while. We kind of would talk, because about sports and I always had respect for him, especially going back to Georgia. I would let him know that I was, you know, in broadcasting and kind of getting my feedback into it. And then I, I was going to see him in the locker room soon, hopefully. And I'm sure he was thinking to himself, this, you know, punk, not punk kid, but I wasn't mean about it or crazy about it, but he's probably like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll see this guy in the locker room, you know, as a member of the media. And it was probably about two months later, maybe three months later that I uh, graciously got hired by 97 on the ticket. And I was sent later that summer and in the fall to start at times going as a reporter to cover practice or, you know, a post game or that, those kind of things. It was before I did the actual post game show uh, with Matthew Stafford or with, a, you know, the ticket with Dennis 50 and my, my great friend. And um, I remember that first day after practice was over, we had locker room access. Uh, Stafford didn't come in for a little while, but when he came in, I went over there before he started talking. I said, Matt, I told you I'd see here. And, you know, not that I was trying to be like, you know, like I told you so like in a mean way. He knew I was obviously being tongue in cheek and being funny about it. And he said, that's what's up, man. You know, great, great to have you here. It's, it's awesome that you made it. And I'll never forget that because covering Stafford for me was a privilege. I mean, covering all Detroit athletes for the most part, but there's some that were uh, a little more jerky than others, if you will. And then he goes and it's kind of the way a lot of athletes are that make these multi-million dollar deals these days. But Stafford was always, you know, he was classy and he was an amazing leader and it was a privilege to cover him. And, you know, Stafford was, sometimes it was tough, you know, the questions he was being asked. He was always good about it. I mean, there was times where he'd get a little cranky. That's the way this goes, but it wasn't like he would go off on people or get frustrated often. It happened sometimes. And obviously it's got to be frustrating when you work for an organization or play for an organization that has had such a lack of success and, you know, the one playoff since 57 and all that kind of stuff. But he, he, handled it, he always handled it with class. And I, I loved watching him play because, you know, first and foremost, I am a Lions fan. And, you know, I'm not a, you know, a beat writer or a columnist, so I, I will always cheer for the Lions, but you have to be objective when you're covering the Lions. And as a talk show host, I was able to do that as well as help out, you know, the ticket uh, get the sound that we needed to kind of see, you know, what the lines were doing and what Stafford's feelings were, what Calvin Johnson's feelings were, Jim Caldwell or Jim Schwartz, whoever it was at the time. And I just thought about that story and thought to myself how lucky the Rams fans are now to have Matt Stafford and how hard he worked his ass off 
playing with broken bones in his back, you know, playing with that separated collarbone against the Browns when he was mic'd up, coming into the dead of winter to work with receivers or watch film after the Lions have long been eliminated from the playoffs. It was never on him. And I'm not going to do the whole I told you so gloating thing because, you know, there are members in the media of Detroit, you know, you are, there's not tons of them. And there's obviously a lot of fans, callers of 97.1 or different, you know, various ways that people interact with each other in Detroit that would always say that it was Stat Padford and the guy's not that good. And, you know, he's the issue. He was never the issue. At times, did he have bad games and cause problems and, and, and contribute to Lions losses? Of course, all quarterbacks do, even the greatest ever. Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben. No one's infallible. No one's perfect. But he always worked his ass off and did everything he could for the Detroit Lions. And I said that from very, very early on. And many of you, the majority of you, always agree with me and would get frustrated with other negative media members. That's their right. I mean, I'm not, like, judging them. And I'm... I've been wrong about a lot of things too, of course. I, I'm always going to have an opinion, but I'm not going to always be right. But when I'm right, I'm going to continue to stick myself out there and be frustrated with some that didn't want to give him any credit. I can understand if you want to say, okay, Stafford, he's not a below average quarterback. He's not just an average quarterback, but he's not like an above average quarterback. That's fine. But he was always, to me, one of the top six or seven quarterbacks for the most part, the majority of his career in the NFL. The Lions just had terrible teams built around him. You know, running game, bad offensive lines. The, you know, the 2011 year against the Saints, an incredible, de- you know, offense, but historic offense, but a garbage defense and, and all the other things that go along with that. And to see him do what he has done this year and that drive that solidified it, the whole captain comeback thing. I know it's Jim Harbaugh's nickname from the Colts, but, you know, the fourth quarter comeback guy, the, the guy that always kept the Lions' chances alive, even if the Lions shouldn't have been in games certain times. To see the culmination of all of that, and yes, it did happen with Detroit. It's frustrating. It hurts. You know, so many of you are Lions fans through and through. But let, let's just be honest. He deserves this more than ever, more than anything. And we've discussed this on the, the show for a while now, that I think that if you're a true Blue Lions fan, there's no way you can't be anything but ecstatic for Stafford. Yes, you can be frustrated, you can be pissed, you can be dejected that it didn't happen here in Detroit, much like Justin Verlander with the Detroit Tigers, but you can't take the credit away and hate on Stafford and call him Stad Padford. I mean, the, the Stad Padford credit is now in Antarctica or the bottom of the ocean. It's over. You fought the war, the war's over. And Matt Stafford, to me, I said this for probably five or six years now, maybe maybe about five, that if he ever got a Super Bowl title, which Dan Marino never got, many other very, 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 very good quarterbacks never got, John Elway almost didn't get it until the end of his career. If he won a Super Bowl, that he was probably going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I don't think he's there yet. He's really close now. He's getting that title you know, after just having three playoff appearances and all losses before this year, it really makes a difference. It's not, you don't have to win a title to be a Hall of Famer. Like I said, Dan Marino, of course, many others are, didn't win titles. But Stafford's pretty damn close to being a Hall of Famer. He goes on another Super Bowl run, win or lose, he's in. And to say, as some of these Lions fans did, that he was Stad Padford 
or, you know, the Lions won in spite of him, or he was never going to win the big game, or never used Mark Sanchez had a playoff when it was better, and Tim Tebow, and all that BS. What are you going to say now? The guy is a Super Bowl champion. And it's, once again, like I said, I'm not trying to vindicate myself. This isn't about me, but obviously as a broadcaster and someone that likes to entertain you and get serious sometimes and have fun sometimes, I just wonder what that crowd's going to do now. It's over. You're wrong. He's a Hall of Fame type quarterback. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he's that good. And he was such a huge reason in the most important position in sports that the Los Angeles Rams won the Super Bowl. And as a Detroiter, that is a Lions fan since I was in the womb. I come out and I start singing forward down the field in 1977 on May 19th. I couldn't be happier for him and his wife, you know, all the things they did for Detroit, all of it, you know, when he started out younger and maybe did some, you know, wacky things that maybe immature millionaire athletes young in their careers do. But boy, did he mature and did so much for the city and so much for the community and so much for charity and Kelly and all the things that they went through with the cancer and, you know, the issues of the pregnancy, just all the great things that they ended up doing and went through personal stuff themselves and never let it get them down. And I know that people get frustrated sometimes with Kelly seemingly ripping the city of Detroit and wanting to go out to La La Land and live that life. Listen, we're all allowed to have our opinions about what a city is like and what a city is not like. I think the bottom line is Matt Stafford loved it in Detroit, did everything he could to help the Lions win a playoff game and, and then move forward and hopefully at some point get to a Super Bowl. It didn't happen. But he was good enough to do it, and he proved that on Sunday night at his home stadium now of SoFi Stadium, helping the Rams win the Super Bowl. And I proudly wore my tongue-in-cheek Stafford goat shirt. I went nuts when it was finally over. I was watching in a room filled with about you know 700 people, and there were a lot of big Stafford fans, some here from Detroit, some from you know Georgia, some from Seattle. And so many cool people on this trip uh, from so many walks of life. And I'll just tell you that the blueprint for the Lions is there. The Bengals showed that you can be a sad sack franchise. I know the Bengals have gone to the playoffs a lot more than the Lions in the last 20 years, but they hadn't won a game since before the Lions had won their last playoff game in 1991. The Bengals won one in 1990. That's the blueprint. And Dan Campbell will see if he's the right kind of coach. And that's kind of where I want to go with this now is that this Lions team, if they have a good draft and Brad Holmes continues to build this team the way I think that he can, this thing might not take as long as some of you think it will. I mean, we're talking a few years, two, three years. The Lions could be, if they find the right quarterback, you know, that's a big F. They could be the next Cincinnati-type team. They could be where the Jags were a few years ago. That, you know, a team that seemingly will never have a chance to have any legitimate success finds a way, a big way, to move forward as a franchise and give this starving, absolutely starving fan base what they so desperately deserve and need. And to see it kind of culminate tonight with Stafford and all the history I had on a personal level with him, and, you know, what he means to a lot of fans in Detroit, a lot of my personal friends and family that love Matt Stafford. And just, it was so 
refreshing to be sitting with my group of friends that I was out here with, a lot of them from Philadelphia, some from Chicago, some from down south. And to hear them talk about Stafford unbiased, not being from Detroit, and how they felt that Stafford was easily one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL was definitely capable of winning a Super Bowl. And that it was the Lions organization that was the issue. That is the bottom line. And that is the truth. And I am very excited to see what Brad Holmes can do with this team. The jury, of course, still out in many ways on Dan Campbell, but very, very excited to see what's going to happen in this draft. Can the Lions get Hutch? You know, is it going to be a trade down? Is it going to be something that is unexpected and the catalyst to really start this team moving forward and even more? Are the Lions going to find that quarterback they need this year, next year, the year after? Who's it going to be? This is an interesting and fun time to be a Lions fan because they had to tear it all down. Some of you wanted that to happen for a long time. Well, it's happening now. And if Brad Holmes is what I believe he is, which is someone that knows how to identify college players that can add to a team in so many important ways and find those pieces on the offensive line, in the secondary, in the running game, receivers, et cetera, et cetera. Then in the next few years, this team is going to look a lot different. We've talked a lot this year about how maybe only 20% of the roster will be here in two or three years. And if Dan Campbell is worth his salt, that will make this thing go faster. If he isn't, Lions would have to fire him and find someone else. But I'm excited. And I, you know, I'm going to throw out the Lions futures odds at Bet Rivers. They're not good. They're in the bottom three, actually bottom four. The Jets and the Lions are, you know, a hundred to one. And the Jaguars as well. And the Houston Texans are 125 to one. Your favorite, by the way. Uh, at Bad Rivers right now. We'll go down the top uh, 10 here. The Bills are your favorite at 8-1. That was my pick this past year. And it almost happened. Chiefs, second favorite at 9.5-1. Rams, 10-1. Packers, 13-1. Cowboys and Niners right around 14-1. Bengals as well. Then you have the Titans, 18-1. to And the Chargers and the Ravens round out the top 10 right around 20-22-1. to 22 by the way, the Bucs, they're on that outside looking in of the top 10, right around 23 to 1 at Bet Rivers. So it's just one of those things where it's been a surreal you know, trip out here in Vegas. And it's always sad to me when the season ends. But when you've got a team like you know, the Lions that are in a full rebuild and that the, everything's out there for the, the taking of the future. And this could really end up being uh, a very interesting scenario where things could get really special really quickly. What's I mean for the, the Bengals? The Bengals were, you know, four or five win team last season. I think it was, I think it was a, a four win team. And they go to the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's second year. Getting Joe Burrow is going to be very, very hard. I kind of like Joe Burrow for the Lions. But if they can identify someone through the draft, even if maybe a trade or free agency, because I don't think Jared Goff's the guy, this thing could be a lot faster than many you think it's going to be. And to me, that's very exciting. 
and we're going to discuss so many things about the draft coming up on the show. Uh, you know, the betting angles on the draft, obviously having different draft experts on, different trade media members to cover the lines on. You know, we're going to have my man Terry Foster on uh, coming up this week as well to talk about the, the Matthew Stafford angle, what the Lions need to do to continue to move forward and find a next Matt Stafford-like with the right team around him. And also why there is still, some, I don't want to say so much hate, but hate from so many different places that there should be hate from when Stafford did all that he could for, you know, the best part of 13 years. And it didn't work out. It happens all the time in sports. Dan Burrito, as I mentioned, where my dad, the man, the nickname, dad, the man, the nickname came from. He did, he kicked his, you know, he did the best he could and kicked ass and fought his ass off of the Miami Dolphins and it just didn't work. He got him to a Super Bowl and he's could win one. And very few teams get the chance to have a quarterback take them to a Super Bowl. Unless you're, you know, the Patriots, Tom Brady, and obviously the hometown, the Chiefs, you know, far, far with the Packers, Aikman with the Cowboys. It's not easy to get there. And in his first year outside of Detroit, which I know definitely stings the Astros, Stafford does it and wins the Super Bowl for the Rams. And now, before we get out of here for today, and I'll be out of Vegas for another day and we'll have some more flavor for you on the terrific Tuesday show. I just want to say it's been an honor to be able to throw my games out there for you. We ended the season on a 12 and two run in the playoffs. As I gave you the lines, uh, the Rams money line and said that, that I just, I thought, I thought the Rams were going to win the game, but not by more than four or four and a half. And I went down to three and a half for a minute. And much like last week or two weeks ago, when I said the play to me was the Bengals plus seven Rams money line, and I was able to hedge myself and take the Niners plus three and a half and won all three sides. That's what I felt in this game. And I gave you yet another winner. I hope you listen, because I love giving people winners. And we're going to, you know, we do that in college, pro and Olympics and all that kind of stuff. And to end the season 12 and two, obviously was very profitable personally, but hopefully for you as well on the show. That's what the show's here for, to give you the best plays and value. And get our Cooper Cup prop in both halves. And everything I explained, the way why I liked the value for it happened. It early touchdown and one that I, I said was going to put the game away, and obviously it did. But I thought it would be more like a 10 or 17-point lead, not giving the Rams a three-point lead late. What a drive that last drive was for uh, Los Angeles. And how close did we come? to two big, uh, you know, value bets. Aaron Donald winning MVP, we talked about that at 15 to one. It didn't happen. And obviously Cup deserved it with the two touchdowns, but it was close. If Cup, let's say Van Jefferson scored our last touchdown or Akers or whoever, I think Aaron Donald with that defense on that those final couple drives, I think he might've won the MVP. And then I said that it was gonna be tough, but the value was just too much to not take it. Chase, Mixon, OBJ ended up getting hurt. Got to feel bad for that guy. And Cooper Cobb, tall score, a touchdown, boosted by Bad Rivers from 19 to 1 to 25 to 1. Boy, did that come really close. So we, we killed it for you on the show. It was an honor to do it. And I can't wait for next season to do it again. But unfortunately, we've got a long time. This will be the last Manning Monday show after a football weekend of live football until basically August. I'm sure we'll talk some USFL, but a little different level of competition in the NFL. But what a way to culminate it. Matthew Stafford, the longtime Detroiter, the Detroit Rammer. 
Uh, you know, that's what's going out in L.A. now, the Detroit Rams, the moniker being coined for them to ride off in the sunset this season as a Super Bowl champion. Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl champion as the Los Angeles Rams. It's still crazy to think about this. Beat the Bengals 23-20 to in the late rally with Donald on defense. And, of course, Stafford on offense was just unbelievable. All right, we got a big week ahead planned for you. So I mentioned Terry Foster will be on. We'll be taking you to talk about the Olympics for their over. Uh, look at some more futures, but win totals might be coming out soon. Uh, you know, at least some bettable ones and early ones that we can gauge uh, where they might be at for the Lions in the 2022 season uh, that will start, of course, September, the regular season, but uh, over the summer when it comes to the preseason. We'll have the draft covered for you top to bottom. And just what the, the vibe is, the feel is with this Detroit Lions team that hopefully can see Stafford win the title and say, now we just got to do whatever it takes. Not that they weren't trying to, but really just focus. Brad Holmes is going to be so motivated after training Stafford, knowing that it was the right thing for the team because the Lions didn't have the pieces for Stafford to take them anywhere at this point. And they got the values for the, the value the picks of the first rounders for the future. Hopefully one of those is used on a quarterback of the future. And I think it's a very exciting time to be a Lions fan before we say a bit adieu from the desert out here. I want to say congrats against the Stafford and the Rams. Congrats to the Lions fans that never gave up hope and never will give up hope, but also the Lions fans that respect what Matt Stafford did here and will congratulate and be happy for him for what he did in Los Angeles. Boy, if you're a Rams fan and listening, I ran a lot of people this week that uh, saw my Stafford shirt or Lions stuff and are going to listen to the show. I know that many of you know how lucky you are to have Matt Stafford, but I hope that all of you at some point realize that because, you know, I said that when he, I was on the air the night he got traded at night, he said, let's take the Lions flagship, that you be careful what you wish for because you don't know how much you've got until it's gone. And that's what happened to the Lions. And now the Rams fans better not forget how lucky they are to have Matthew freaking Stafford, now a Super Bowl champion. And one last thing, that halftime show was off the hook. I'm not going to say it was the best ever. I think you got to look at U2 after 9-11. I mean, Prince, there's been a lot of amazing halftime shows, but that was awesome. Clean, energetic, emotional, Mary J, Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, and of course Eminem stealing the show, 50 Cent. It was awesome. So we'd love to hear your comments on all of this stuff. Stay connected with me on social media. Uh, the Twitter is still hacked. I know many of you uh, are on Facebook and Instagram. Daily Shanks on one Instagram. Twitter will be back very soon. Uh, we're making a lot of progress on that. And, uh, it's been frustrating as heck to not be able to connect with some of you that way. Uh, but we'll get back at these Russians that hacked me or, you know, trying to cut us off from each other. We want a lot to happen. Uh, but on this night, we salute the Rams and Stafford and the 2022 or 2021, excuse me, NFL football season. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach going to save his voice for the rest of the week. The Squatch, 12-2 and two against the spread to end the season. Props for you all over the place. Out. Peace.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117.